Anthony Rhoda has resigned as Speaker of the House of Commons days after he honoured a Ukrainian veteran who fought with the Nazis as a hero. The 98-year-old former soldier of a Nazi division in World War II who received a standing ovation in Parliament on Friday is facing an extradition push from Poland. If the ongoing dispute between Canada and India amounts to a trade war, the consequences will be far worse for the Canadian economy than for India's. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, September 27th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Anthony Rhoda has resigned as Speaker of the House of Commons days after he honoured a Ukrainian veteran who fought with the Nazis as a hero. During Friday's special session of Parliament for Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, Rhoda recognized 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka who fought with the 14th Waffen Grenadier Division of the SS. Hunka, a constituent of Rota's Nipissing Timiskaming riding, received a standing ovation from all members of Parliament present. Rota had earlier apologized, though this did not assuage calls for him to step aside. He announced his resignation with a, quote, heavy heart in the House of Commons Tuesday afternoon. It's with a heavy heart that I rise to inform members of my resignation as Speaker of the House of Commons. It has been my greatest honour as a parliamentarian to have been elected by you, carrying out the important responsibilities of this position to the very best of my abilities. This House is above any of us. Therefore, I must step down as your Speaker. I reiterate my profound regret for my error in recognising an individual in the House during the joint address to Parliament of President Zelensky. That public recognition has caused pain to individuals and communities, including the Jewish community in Canada and around the world, in addition to survivors of Nazi atrocities in Poland, among other nations. I accept full responsibility for my actions. My resignation is effective at the end of the sitting day tomorrow, Wednesday, September 27th, to allow preparations for the election of a new speaker. NDP House leader Peter Julian was the first to call on Rota to step down. These sentiments were then echoed by the Bloc Québécois on Monday, and by Tuesday morning, the Liberals had also joined the chorus. The Conservatives initially tried to lay the blame at Trudeau's feet rather than Rota's, but ultimately also called on Rota to resign. I don't think that he had much choice in this matter. So just to be clear, Rota has resigned as Speaker of the House, but he's still an MP within the Liberal Caucus. So I'm thinking, will there be further calls for Rota to resign completely from his seat? Do you think the Liberal government hopes this will put the end to the Nazi invite scandal by putting blame on Rota and him stepping down from the position of Speaker? Cosman, I almost feel bad for the guy. I almost feel bad for Anthony Rota because everyone, all of these MPs are throwing him under the bus in order to deflect from their own failings, their own failure to 
reflect upon who this, you know, so-called war hero might be and what side he may have been on. I doubt the narrative that Rota was the sole decision maker in inviting Hunka and no one else had anything to do with it. So this is their fall guy and I'm not going to pull out my pitchfork because frankly Canada is a bit of a joke and this just kind of further characterizes Canada as a joke. Yeah, absolutely. This government has already done so much wrong for Canada's reputation on the world stage. And this honestly crystallizes the fact that this government is not serious. They fumble around with all sorts of issues, especially in foreign policy. But here they don't even know who's being honored in their own parliament. So yes, it reflects badly, very badly on Canada. Yaroslav Hunka, the 98-year-old former soldier of a Nazi division in World War II, who received a standing ovation in Parliament on Friday, is facing an extradition push from Poland, according to a letter from Polish Education Minister Przemysław Czarnek. Czarnek announced, quote, In view of the scandalous events in the Canadian Parliament, which involved honoring, in the presence of President Zelensky, a member of the criminal Nazi SS Galician formation, I have taken steps towards the possible extradition of this man to Poland. Czarnek published a copy of his letter to be reviewed by the Institute of National Remembrance, abbreviated as IPN in Polish, according to the notes from Poland. The IPN is a state historical body that has the power to prosecute. Czarnek asked the IPN in his letter to, quote, urgently establish whether Yaroslav Hunka is wanted for crimes against the Polish nation or Poles of Jewish origin. I'm sure many Canadians were shocked to learn that a soldier who fought in an SS division was living in Canada. Cosman, could you tell us a bit more about the history of Nazis in Canada? You know, that's an interesting question, and there's a lot of uh, controversial history involved in it. Uh, I wrote about this yesterday, actually, about how uh, veterans of the SS Galicia division entered Canada. And it just so happens that in 1950s, after the termination of the Second World War, Canada actually prohibited the entry of regular Waffen SS soldiers and soldiers who fought for the German Wehrmacht. But that prohibition did not extend to certain foreign divisions of the SS, and this includes the um, Galicia division from Ukraine. This issue actually came up again in the 1980s, and there was a federal inquiry into what exactly happened, uh, and that inquiry led to the discovery that in the 1950s there was actually an exemption from cabinet, uh, particularly for these veterans from this specific SS unit, and about 2,000 of them uh, were let into Canada uh, due to efforts, uh, actually, of an RCAF pilot. His name was Flight Lieutenant Bodan Panchuk, and he created an organization called the Canadian Servicemen's Association, which tried to bring uh, all of these Ukrainian soldiers and their families to Canada. And he did so successfully, despite the vehement opposition of the Canadian Jewish Congress at the time, who accused the Galicia unit of being involved in war crimes and certain atrocities. That accusation has lingered with this particular division for some time. It was actually brought up 
during the Nuremberg trials, they declared the SS movement in Germany uh, a criminal organization, but they never specifically declared foreign divisions like the Galician division a criminal organization. I think the central question historians uh, are asking is what role did the Galician division uh, play in the Holocaust in, in all of the war crimes from World War II? I'm not knowledgeable enough about the issue to say that it's been settled yet. I honestly uh, don't know. On one hand, the Galician division has been painted as these freedom fighters who opposed Soviet occupation. And that's a, also a very complicated history given, you know, the Holodomor in Ukraine. So they had every reason to fight against the Soviets. But that doesn't justify the fact that one of them ended up being honored in the House of Commons. Experts warn that if the growing dispute between Canada and India leads to a trade war, the consequences will be far worse for the Canadian economy than for India's. Tensions between the two countries have been mounting since Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's explosive allegations against the Indian government, in which Trudeau said there were credible allegations potentially linking agents from the Indian government to the murder of a Canadian Sikh activist Hardeep Singh Nijar. Indian officials denied the allegations as both countries responded by expelling each other's diplomats. Federal Trade Minister Mary Eng cancelled an upcoming trade discussion with India. A leading food researcher says further escalation could lead to devastating consequences for the Canadian economy if India sanctions imports from Canada. Professor at Dalhousie University Sylvain Charlebois who researches food distribution, safety, and security argues that sanctions against imports from Canada could prevent billions of dollars worth of goods from going to India. According to Charlebois, quote, Canada sends $12 billion worth of materials to India annually and has already shifted to India from China. If Canada doesn't secure its own interests, there won't be any potential for economic growth. India was Canada's 10th largest trading partner last year, according to Global Affairs Canada, making up a large share of Canada's agricultural market. Canada is a world leader in the production of pulse crops, which include peas, lentils, beans, and chickpeas, with the majority being produced in Saskatchewan. Charlebois says India is a key player in the Indian Pacific Partnership and is well positioned to find other countries to purchase from. Canada, on the other hand, will have a hard time finding another market as large as India's as other countries seem to be staying out of this dispute. So we're another week into this conflict and it does seem to escalate day by day. Lindsay, do you see any sign of a resolution to this dispute? Well, Cosman, this India-Canada dispute is just getting stranger. A former diplomat... Deepak Vora said on Indian television that Prime Minister Trudeau had cocaine in his airplane during a trip he took to India for the G20 this month. Uh, apparently, you know, Vora alleges that the plane was full of cocaine. Trudeau didn't come out of his room for two days. Police sniffer dogs were are the ones who found the cocaine on the plane. Uh, and moreover, Trudeau was depressed and stressed. Uh, this guy is, you know, a little kooky, and then the 
PMO also said that this is disinformation and it's absolutely false, but still just a kind of weird development. Yes, it is quite strange and I expect it to get stranger still. I don't think this is going to be hashed out in a week's time. This is going to take a lot of back and forth and it will just take a lot of diplomatic work to rebuild any sort of um, mutual relationship between India and Canada. And this seems to be a habit of this government to spoil foreign relations. If you recall, they did it with the Saudis when they commented on a certain on certain developments within that country and Saudi Arabia responded by uh, pretty much taking all of its international students back. I also don't think that Canada's relationship with the United States is all that good right now compared to the past. So there are a lot of tensions on the global scale and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cabinet only seem to make them worse and inflame everything. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.